Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today, so prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. That is about three weeks away, and we need you to do a couple, well, three things was what we need you to do. Number one is sign up to be a part of this, and if you can't stand still for an hour, and I know that's some of y'all, then you can sign up to do other things to host, uh, but if you're in the scene, you got to be at least 10 years old to be able to stand uh, in one place for an hour. So uh, sign up and help us in all sorts of different ways. You can sign up as a host. You can sign up to, to help with children. You can sign up with food in any way. Second thing you can do is pray. Pray that this will have great weather, but pray that people will come out and hear the story of Jesus like never before. And then the third thing is you can grab some cards and invite folks to come. And then meet them here and show them around in that. So that's coming up in just a, in just a few weeks. Some of you all were surprised this morning, weren't you, that I got up because this is normally what you'd see when Pastor Tim is preaching, okay? Let me tell you what the deal is. I've just gotten back from being with my grandkids, okay? Okay. There were three grandkids, six adults. That's two adults for every grandchild. I don't have the strength to stand up today, okay? Pastor Tim there, it's like 12 for every adult in his family, 12 grandkids. I don't even see how he's standing in the back right now. He, 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 he just needs to sit down. This is tough work being a grandparent. Hey, I'm sitting too. The camera people are happy because normally I'm moving around a lot. And we never call attention to the camera folks in the back or the folks in the booth. Uh, they make it all happen. And, and, you know, we always notice them when something doesn't go right. Uh, but what I'm going to do today is thank you guys because I know it takes a lot of hard work to do that. I am sitting for a different purpose today. Typically, I like to preach, and, and, and I kind of get into it. Today, I just kind of want to have a heart-to-heart talk with you, and I'm going to ask you to do something that I believe will change this church and will help us be a, a better church. It's something that every single one of you can do, and, and if you will do it, I think you will notice it. And some of you all will probably think when I tell you what it is, my, they're awfully selfish, but really it's going to benefit you in great ways that you won't even imagine. What I'm going to ask you to do today is to pray for your pastors and staff. Okay, when, when you pray for us, what will happen is this, is that we will do our job better, we will help you in greater ways, and God will be glorified more, and we will make a difference in this community like never before. So that's the message today, is simply that. We're going to look at a pattern to pray. We're going to find it in 2 Timothy, the second chapter. You can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles or on your devices. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. But, but we're going to be there in 2 Timothy. Paul is writing a young preacher here. And as he writes this young preacher, he he tells him some things that will form the pattern that I'm going to ask you to pray for us with. And and it's a pretty simple thing. And and let me go ahead and give you another little hint here. As you pray these things for your, your, your pastors and staff, you could also pray them for yourself because they will help you. So that's what I'm going to ask you to do today. So let's, uh, let's read 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and we're going to start in, in verse 1. It says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. That's an important phrase. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to a reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in suffering. 
Well, that's not a good phrase, is it? Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Now, Paul's writing this young preacher, and, and, and he gives him some things that he needs to be doing, and that's going to form the pattern of prayer. The sermon in a sentence today, I, I would say it this way, uh, let's release God's power in this church by praying for our pastors and staff. Let's release God's power in this church by praying for our pastors and staff. I believe that if I were to have every staff member up here and ask them, do you need prayer? Every single one of them would say, absolutely. And you're going to understand a little bit more about that as we get into this. So the, the very first thing that I would tell you, you'll find these notes in your, in your, in your bulletin notes, is this, is that we, we need to pray that the staff will be full of grace. We need to pray that the staff will be full of grace. Listen to what it says in verse 1. It says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Anybody in here ever watch the news? I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you watch that, what do you begin to think? That everything in this world stinks. Everything in this world is rotten. Everything is bad. And you know what? It can actually get into our, our lives and change our, our, our mindset. I've seen this happen so many times, is that we begin to be a people that aren't very graceful because all we see is the bad. We've forgotten the good news of Jesus Christ and that he changes lives. So, so what I'm asking you to pray for the staff is that that won't happen to them, that they won't get jaded. Uh, you know, sometimes, let me tell you what happens. We watch the news, we watch social media, and we see things that the flock is doing, and quite frankly, it gets to our hearts a little bit, and it's hard. I was preaching at a church. I used to travel and preach a lot when I was a campus minister, and, and, and this is what would happen. I, I would sometimes go to churches preach, and then the preacher would get up afterwards. He'd say, I've got a few things to pray, uh, to say. And, and so th this is what happened at this one church. I got there. I preached this sermon on faith. I, I thought I, I had really gotten the people ready to, 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 to step out in faith. And the preacher gets up at the end, and, and this is what he says to the people. He says, God is mad at you. In fact, he said, God is mad as blank at you. And I'm going, whoa, where did that come from? And for 10 minutes, he belittled the people. Wow. But I understand that sometimes that we can get so negative in our thinking by seeing what's going on in the world that God's grace doesn't flow through us. And so what I'm asking you to do is this, is pray that that would never happen with our staff. Pray that God's grace would always flow through us. Now, I'm going to tell you, that church is no longer in existence today. Why? Because God's grace didn't flow through it. And when God's grace doesn't flow, things don't live. And I, I'm just asking you to pray that none of us would get jaded by what we see in this world or what we see in this community, but that we would always believe in the good news of Jesus Christ and that it's good enough for everybody and that everybody can come to know Jesus. Pray that that flows through us. The second thing I'd ask you to pray for is pray that the staff could develop leaders. Pray that, that they could develop leaders. And this is what it says in verse 2. He says, the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. I will tell you this. This is something that the staff hears all the 
time is that we've got to develop leaders. Michelle's nodding her head because they get tired of hearing it because I continually talk about it, is that we've got to be growing leaders. If we want this church to grow, what, it will, what we need are people that can step out and lead. And, and, and so we look at every single person in here. Let me just tell you what, I, 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 I look at every single one of you as a potential leader. There are people that are following you. If you're a mom, can I tell you what? You got some little ones that follow you. If you're a dad, you got some little ones that follow you. At work, there are people that look up to you. I'm just telling you that we've got to have leaders. If we stop developing leaders, we stop growing as a church. I see churches all the time, and they have a lot of sheep, but they don't have anybody that will step up and shepherd. And what will happen then is that the church will die. Now, I got to just kind of tell you, this is, this is a prayer that's a little bit loaded. Because as you pray for staff to develop leaders, what may happen next is that you're going to hear the voice of God say, you need to step up. Now, if you're here in church today and you're just sitting in a seat and you're not doing anything, God's going to speak to you. Because he doesn't want spectators. He wants people that, that get involved and get in the game. And so when you begin to pray that, that, that prayer about, being, uh, about the staff developing leaders, he may be calling on you to answer that. And some of you are thinking, I don't want to go in there with those three-year-olds. Well, we got a parking lot ministry. You don't have to deal with the three-year-olds. You know, we, we got other ministries around, but, but, but we need people that will lead. And you'll notice something about our staff, and you'll see some of them at the very end of the service. You'll notice something about our staff that a lot of them are homegrown right here. Why? Because we believe in developing leaders. So I'm asking you to pray for our staff to be full of grace, okay, and then that they would develop leaders. The third thing that I would ask you to pray is pray that they will have a proper focus. This is what it says in verse 4. He says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. We need to pray that, that our staff can have one goal, and that's to please our commanding officer. We need to pray that they will have a proper focus. I've given up a long time ago. I, I just, let me tell you what I've given up a long time ago. I've given up on trying to make everybody here happy. If that's the case, then we have over 1,000 bosses in this church. Actually, we have about 1,500 people that call Northridge their, their church. And if I tried to make everyone happy, that just isn't going to work. I wouldn't last long. It just is impossible. And as a staff, that is our goal is not to make everybody happy, but to make God happy. That, that, that's, we've got to have that focus. And what Paul says there, he says, you've got to keep, keep your eye on pleasing the commanding officer, and that's our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, can I tell you, this idea of focus, I usually start out with a perfect idea of what my week is going to be, okay? Anybody in here ever have this happen? You have your perfect week planned out, and then you have interruptions. Let me tell you what the interruptions are. I, I just wrote down a few, few of them. There are people that go to the hospital. That's a 45-minute drive most of the time to Macon. There are folks that need help. There, there are times that we, we have to stop what we're doing to go and help people. Uh, there are sermons to be written and, and lessons to be written. Uh, there are people dropping by that just need to talk and need somebody to love on them. There are volunteers that need to be trained. There are services to be planned, people that need to be buried, calls to make, facilities to maintain, and an occasional crisis. And then trying to keep focus on everything. The proper focus is on the king. 
And, and it tells us in, in Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the rest will fall in place. So I need you to pray that for us because there are interruptions. I'm not complaining. I love the interruptions. That's what energizes me. But what I am saying is so that we can keep our eyes in the proper place, pray for us. In Hebrews 12, too, it says to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and, and finisher of our faith. Pray that we can do that. So I've got you praying for grace first, that we would be graceful. I've got you praying that we would develop leaders. And then I'm asking you to pray that we can keep a, a right focus. This next one may surprise you a little bit, but it's one that we need to have prayed for. And that's pray that we will live a right life. Pray that we will live a right life. Verse 5, this is what it says. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Pray that we'll live a right life. I, I, I will tell you right now, I've got friends of mine that I went to college that trained for ministry together. And, and, and this, is, this is what I will tell you. Some of them are in prison now. Some of them have fallen to the side. Why? Because they didn't live a right life. Okay? I will tell you that our staff, every single one of them, faces the same temptations that everybody in this room faces. Some of you are going, oh, I didn't know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, let me tell you also about the life uh, of a pastor or of a staff member. This is from the Fuller Institute, and this is what they say that, that church pastors, church staffs deal with. They, they deal with stress. There is a little bit of stress that comes along with the job. Loneliness, spiritual warfare, and nine out of ten deal with depression at one time in their lives. Now, now, that may be a little shocking to you when you think about it, but, but that's the way it is. Now, I, I, I shared this with the, the last service, SALT. You may not know about SALT, but I want to tell you about SALT. SALT stands for stress, anger, loneliness, and tired. And when you are those things, you don't make decisions. When you are stressed, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make decisions. So the staff has decided we're not making any more decisions. No, it, it is hard, and, and it is hard to, to do things right. And this is the prayer, that we would live the right life. I'm asking you would pray that we would live the right life and pray that we would make right decisions for the right reasons. You got that? Pray that we would make the right decisions for the right reasons. So four prayers there so far. Pray that we would be full of grace. Pray that we would develop leaders. Pray that we would have the proper focus. And then pray that we would have a right life. And number five is pray that we will see the harvest. Pray that we will see the harvest. It says in verse five, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of crops. You know, when there isn't a harvest, what do people do? They go hungry. Okay, I, I don't know any other way to say it. If you're not seeing harvest, you go hungry. Can I tell you what feeds staff, what motivates staff? It is seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that is exciting. And, and what it tells us in, 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 in Matthew 9 and verse 37, it says, pray for workers for the harvest. That goes back up to, 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 to praying for, for leaders and developing leaders. But pray for workers for the harvest because the harvest is ripe. Can I tell you what? We live in a community that is ripe. And if you want to see a staff, if you want to see a church get far, fired up, you, you see a harvest happening. 
Well, this year we've seen 88 people that, that have been baptized. I tell you that because that fires us up when we see people making a, a decision for Jesus Christ. When I was a kid, there was a couple in our church. They were older. They, I'm sure they were older than Moses. Their names were Hattie and E.B. Smith. And, and uh, they had orange trees in their yard. And my mom would go over there to, to minister to them. And Mr. Smith would take me out and let me pick oranges. He, he was in his 80s at that point, And he would climb up in the tree with me to make sure that I didn't fall out. I, I don't know how he did it at that age. But he climbed up in there and he'd let me pick a couple of oranges. And then we would get down on the ground. We would peel them and eat them. And those were the best oranges I've ever eaten. Why? Because I harvested them. It reminds me to the time when I was a camp counselor, and I remember the kid's name. His name was Fred. I got a chance to, to, to do some planting and cultivating, and then I got to be a part of the harvest. I baptized him as a camp counselor. And I want to tell you, that excited me. That, that's probably one of the things that continues to motivate me to this day is I got to be a part of that harvest, and, and, and God used me in that way. So pray that we would see the harvest. Uh, um, and, and, and as you pray that, understand that that's a very important thing that, that, that we see because there's a great harvest in this community that is yet to be done. Okay? So we said pray for grace. You got that? You, you pray that we would be full of grace, and then you pray that we can develop leaders. You know, as you pray that prayer for developing leaders, can I just kind of give you a little warning there? God's going to tell you, say to you that, that, that those of you that aren't doing anything, get off your rear ends, okay? And, and then the next one is pray for proper focus. Pray that we will have a right life, and then pray that we will see the harvest. And then the last thing that I want to ask you to pray for today is pray that we will persevere. Pray that we will endure. Ministry is hard work. I started with a lot of guys and ladies that are no longer doing it. It was just too hard. It was just too taxing. Uh, and, and so I tell you today, pray for our staff. We've got some young staff. I would love to see them finish the race in, in, in 40 or 45 years and, and, and come to the place where they would finish the race and be able to glorify God for what he's done. But I'm just asking you to pray that we would endure, pray that we would persevere. Uh, because a lot of times uh, we think of ministry as a short spurt. There, there are these guys in ministry, we call them three-year wonders. They have two and a half years worth of sermons. And after those two and a half years, people discover that they're repeating them. And, and then they get run out of town. Those churches never grow to be above 100. You know what, why, why Northridge is, is where it is, why the, the, this used to be Hardwick Christian, why, why, why Hardwick, Northridge is where it is today, is because you all have prayed for ministers, you all have made it possible for them to stay around for a long time, and God blesses that, but continue to pray that. Because if you want to see a, a church grow, it's when teams grow closer to each other and closer to God as they lead. Now, some of y'all are thinking, man, Mike, that's a totally selfish sermon this morning. You're just asking us to pray for you. No, this benefits every one of you as this staff grows and gets better. It, it, it does that. So this is a Monday through Saturday prayer thing, okay? If you take one of these points today and you start on Monday, so, so tomorrow is Monday, and you pray that the staff would be full of grace, can you do that? Are you with me there? Okay. And so on Monday, you pray that. The, on Tuesday, what are you going to pray? That we develop leaders. And, and then on, on Wednesday, you pray that we'll have a proper focus. On Thursday, you pray that we will have a right life. And, and then on Friday, you pray for the harvest. And then on Saturday, you pray that we would persevere and endure. And on Sunday, we're going to give you Sunday off. You just come and you, you, you pray for us on Sunday too when you're here. Okay? 
Are you with me? Can you do that? Every single one of us can do that. That's not too hard for us. But this is what I want you to understand. If you were to do it, if you were to do it, it will change this church. It will help us reach this community, and God will be honored in a great way. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to call the staff up, and we're going to pray for them. Can we do that? Amen. So if you're on staff here, come on up. A couple of other things will happen too. And you guys know how to stand. You learned last time. Okay. We didn't practice standing last time, and I had to yell at some of them right here. Glad to see you can make it this service, Amy. You, she, didn't, she was working last service, and so uh, she, she was doing that. Uh, so some of y'all are wondering who this young lady is down here. You haven't seen her. This is Mary Helen Higgs, okay? Mary Helen Higgs isn't on staff. She just wanted to get up today. Okay. No, actually, she will join staff in January. She will be working with our middle schoolers. We have an incredible next-gen team. If you're on the next-gen team, wait, raise your hand, okay? Uh, I think Brian is actually out in the back with the, with the kids. He's out of the link with the kids. And, and, and this is where we're investing a ton of money. Why? Because our kids uh, need Jesus Christ more than anything else, and we want to make sure that they stand strong. So, so that, that's Mary Helen. She's joining us January 1, and we're excited about it. Uh, she's been a part of the ministry through interning and volunteering, and, and so that, that's an incredible thing. There are two guys that I want to recognize today because they joined the five-year club, and they're standing in the back, and I'm going to give them something, then I'm going to take it back because we have one more service. So, and I'll give it to Amy anyhow, so, and, and Deb. So, uh, Tim and Clint have been uh, with us uh, for five years now, and uh, uh, so... We like to honor folks when they stick around, and, and, uh, and so uh, that's one of the things, so keep praying. They, they put it back so I can use it next service. They were thinking they'd get one every service, and they were really excited. Um, but, but it's going to Deb and Amy, okay? So you guys will never see it again. So, so th- this, is, this, is, this is our staff. Brian's not here, and he's out back with the kids right now. Uh, but but th- this is, uh, th- these are the people you need to be praying for. Uh, and uh, so you're probably looking around, and some of you all don't know who everybody is. Neither do I. No, <laughs> I do. Uh, uh, but, but I want you to know this. They work hard, and, and uh, they're serving our Lord. They're serving you. And, and uh, so what I want to do this morning is for us to pray for them. So you guys get up in front of me here. And uh, if you guys would extend your hands out, we're going we're gonna to pray for them. Father, I thank you for what you've done in assembling an incredible team. Uh, Father, I thank you uh, that you have brought each one of these folks here and and you brought them together. Father, I pray that you would help us to grow closer together and closer to you so that we can reach more people. Father, I I pray today that you would protect these these folks that we're looking at right now, Father. That that you you would protect them from Satan's attack. You would protect their families, Father. Uh, Father, you would protect them from discouragement. We would protect them from the voice of the accuser. Father, I pray that you would empower each one of them with your Holy Spirit in their lives so that we can be effective in doing all that you would have us to do. Uh, Father, I thank you for what you've done, and and I pray that you continue to help us to grow and develop leaders, that you would give us the grace that we need, that you would give us a proper life, the right attitude, uh, that, that, that you would just move us to endure for you. So, Father, I'm just asking uh, that that you would call us as a church to pray for these folks. 
so that greater things can happen, things that we could not even begin to ask or imagine. They can only happen when people pray. We pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our Church Link app today for your iOS or Android device.